Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show number 40. This interview is with Rasmus Muller-Nielsen, co-founder and CEO of Comfo, that's Comfo with a K. A social media agency is based in Copenhagen, Denmark, provides Facebook marketing solutions, amongst other services. In this interview, we discuss the challenges of implementing social media marketing and some of the keys to overcoming them. We also talk about some of the trends and an outlook for 2013. Enjoy. brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T.com, where branding gets personal. You will find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. So let's cut to the quick, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue internet show. This morning I'm on Skype, uh, so you know about those wonderful uh, tr- communication challenges. Uh, I'm direct into Denmark with Rasmus Müller-Nielsen, who's the CEO and founder, co-founder of Comfo. Hey, N- Rasmus, tell us who you are and what are you up to? Hello, Mentor. I'm uh, Rasmus from Denmark, as you said. I have uh, co-founded Comfo uh, five years ago, uh, working with the Facebook platform, helping uh, companies using Facebook for commercial purposes. And uh, the last few years, we have been building uh, tools to in, uh, increase this return you can get from Facebook. And today we are a team of uh, 50 people doing so in, in Denmark, in Copenhagen, and in South Bulgaria. Why, uh, why Bulgaria? Because two of our founders uh, are actually from Bulgaria. Um, I used to know one of them from Microsoft uh, here in Denmark. And uh, when we saw this big opportunity uh, appearing, we kind of knew we were going to do it together and uh, when we were going to scale our development resources uh, Bulgaria was the obvious choice as that was where our guy had our his huge network and uh, obviously labor is a bit bit cheaper there as well. <laughs> Tell us. So um, you have a number of big clients. Tell us about some of those clients and, and how international is your work with them? You can say that our client base and where we have our, our strong Largest uh, bases in Scandinavia. That is where we we have our biggest clients. And um, uh, but you know the the similarity between these clients are that they are actually very international minded. And that is where uh, social media for for you know gets complicated for real for the companies where they really need some some tools to help them organize things, organize communication and marketing. And uh, uh, you can say our clients is companies looking looking out from Scandinavia to the world primarily. So, Rasmus, you have uh, a number of international clients, or at least international facing clients, as you say, based in Scandinavia. How do you help them to configure their social media strategy? Yeah, often it's actually just a question of uh, getting their different teams uh, aware of what's going on in, 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 the, in the big organization. That's uh, getting their marketing uh, team aware of what's going on in communication and customer care. Um, and what's actually going on in digital development and, and strategy in, in the company. Um, assigning all these uh, users to the platform together with the different channels they already have is often the big first step. And then secondly, you can say it's also about uh, making this company take a, a, a qualified decision about if it's actually a multi-channel strategy on social media or it's more about merging the channels they have and focusing on, on one big global channel on Facebook, for example. When, when, if you talk about Facebook in particular, what is your, uh, I would say, uh, favorite solution 
Uh, would you have one page that's driven from home base or do you really recommend having local pages and, and those are being done separately in, in the country? You can say it's, it's for, for a global organization, um, it will uh, today be the most obvious choice to actually have one global page, especially after Facebook rolled out the whole global pages setup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for companies to still organize their, uh, their users and, and admins in, the, in the, you can say, local teams, national teams, but using the same uh, global page setup uh, in order to, to save as many uh, costs as possible and um, in, in creating content and, and so on. Does the Comfo uh, solution provide for a publishing uh, back office like this? Yeah, that's one of the things we have uh, been, been been working into our solution that is actually possible to to manage global pages, for example. Um, so you still have this, the same level of, of security that your national teams will uh, not publish. Uh, you know, if they are Germans, not published to the to the English guys um, and 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 the other way around. Uh, so the global the global management will be able to to control these things at the same time that's, that's still letting everybody uh, publish on the same page, so to speak. What you know, there are a number of solutions out there that seem to provide similar types of uh, possibilities as Comfo. How do you describe the differences or the value add of Comfo? You can say it's uh, it's uh, you're totally right. A lot of um, platforms out there are publishing or servicing the same kind of functionalities. Where we are different, I would say is. Uh, our strong base in, in Scandinavia. In, in my mind, there's a lot of differences between how users actually behaving in uh, in the, the, the various regions. And uh, us being so strong as we are in Scandinavia, we have a, a huge, uh, you can say, fan base, user base, um, uh, gathered in our platform, a lot of data about how the users react, uh, how they actually react on, on content posted on various times and, and types of content, etc. This kind of knowledge is uh, it's really valuable for, for our clients, I mean, making their, their content strategies and so on. All right, well, so outside of getting up really early, as all Scandinavians like to do, um, what are the types of differences that you could uh, define uh, about the Scandinavian social media profile as opposed to elsewhere? Yeah, man, I mean, just give you an example, just uh, looking at uh, many people see Scandinavia as one thing, uh, one, one, uh, one big entity, uh, but just looking at the differences between, for example, Denmark and, and Sweden, you will find uh, huge differences in how users actually interact with pages, how likely they are to, to click on, on content and how likely they are to engage with it. For example, it's, um, it's a well-known fact also within Facebook that... Um, that Danish, uh, the Danish, you can say, companies and how they uh, and the users react there, they're much more, you can say, likely to uh, to want to buy things that you click at. For example, the companies in Denmark are much more likely to to look at how can we actually make users click because that is where we get our value. Whereas in Norway, it's, it's much more um, branding campaigns that is the focus. And uh, just looking at these differences in Scandinavia and imagine how how much you actually uh, can can uh, can be different from how users actually react in other countries are is a big thing for uh, for companies to be aware of. That's cool. When you're when you're talking to a CEO and um, trying to set up a relationship with them, how do you measure success in social media? 
Yeah, that's that's one of the big questions, and of course uh, we we also have some answers. Um, you can say that that obviously it varies uh, again a bit with the with the goal of the different companies. Uh, so just uh, uh, said there is might be more companies, for example, in Norway having having the goal of, of branding themselves through social media, whereas in Denmark we often see that they have the goals of uh, making. You know, making people click and creating traffic to their sites and measuring their conversion points there. The most uh, campaigns we are doing, uh, we are we are measuring uh, return on investment by looking at their amount of uh, of traffic coming from Facebook based on the community activity, and then uh, looking at the conversion points, you know, in Google Analytics or, or what the clients are measuring, and that way seeing what kind of contribution is is the Facebook activity actually making to to the conversion on our websites. Mm-hmm. Who are your buyers? I mean, are you mostly going in through marketing or do you also have uh, HR or communications? What's your, your typical buyer look like? Um, our typical buyer would be, um, will be people, uh, the marketing, marketing uh, directors uh, would be the, the final decision makers typically uh, for, our, for our services. But more, more and more we see that the digital departments uh, where they make digital strategies are involved in these purchases um, because communication and, and also customer service are, are using using the, these tools, uh, using our services, and, and will often demand a say in, in which one to buy. Mm-hmm. So um, it's often moved a little bit off also from the marketing department, depending on how the organization has, has uh, organized themselves. All right, well, what are the kinds of challenges that you come across in implementing Humpho into business? I mean, the number one challenge for sure uh, for us is the, the knowledge out in the companies on how to actually use social media. Um, I mean, our platform is just a tool that will help you optimize uh, the, the, you can say, the gain you have, uh, the return you have on social media. And if you don't understand in the first place how to actually engage people in social media, I mean, then our tools is not so valuable, right? Um, so, I mean, one of our big challenges is actually involving uh, partners, involving uh, consultants, houses that, that knows how to educate large organizations in these things and make organizations aware of, of what kind of business can be made through uh, social media. So does that mean that you would recommend having trainings and so on to uh, augment your, your platform? Yeah, we, ourselves we have uh, some extended services, uh, for example our Comfort Academy where we uh, train our users or give them a different, uh, you can say, an, an offer of, of getting into our academy and having a training on how to actually make uh, a, a solid strategy, how to make a return on social media. But often, I mean, a large organization needs real consultancy uh, to, to, to transform things. And uh, that is where uh, we often recommend that you, you will take in one of your, I mean, one of our service partners, one of the houses that is actually um, knowledgeable in, in such transformation processes. One of the things I liked about your solution was this benchmarking. It's something that obviously people are looking for because we scrambling in a in a world of uh, unknowns. Uh, when you have your benchmarks, um, I suppose you do it by sector, by by country, and so on, right? Yeah, you can say the the most the used benchmark is the is the Facebook uh, industry or category, as it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's often where we get 
we get the most data you can say because all pages, uh, Facebook pages uploaded in our platform would have a category. Um, and adding all these categories together also through, we have some free tools out there where you can actually for free uh, measure um, some performances on your on your page, for example, pageanalyzer.dk uh, is a very used tool in Denmark at least. And um, this we also use to collect uh, industry data. Um, but also, I mean, what we often see is just a simple comparison between the page and the uh, competitors uh, in the industry. Um, so you can say both the category, but also choosing the competitors and then trying to make some kind of quality comparison between them. All right. So now we, we've been uh, on Facebook for whatever, six years how do you see the benchmarks evolving? Uh, let's put it, if I frame it another way, do you see engagement rates going down as a, in principle, or do you see the number of likes going up? What do you, what do you see? We see, I mean, the most interesting development we are, we are seeing these months are that um, they, they, you can say the viral and organic reach of a Facebook page is going uh, drastically down. Um, that you, the free reach you're getting is uh, definitely decreasing uh, significantly. And at the same time, engagement rate on a page is actually going up. Um, so there is some clear signs in the data and the metrics that uh, Facebook is kind of turning down for the, for the free uh, launch, so to speak. And, uh, but still, I mean, pages are better and better and actually engaging their audiences. Um, and then... It's also uh, you know, something to do with the, the big increase in the paid reach. Uh, more and more people are getting used to actually using newsfeed advertisement. And that also, obviously, it's a good sign for Facebook, <laughs> getting some value out of the, the, all the, the companies on there. But it's definitely a, a bigger challenge and, uh, for the companies and also getting more expensive for the companies to get the awareness on Facebook. These changes that Facebook has been, have been incorporating, um, clearly not gaining fans from everybody. How do your clients react to them? Our clients is obviously, uh, I mean, some of them are like, uh, you know, uh, blaming Facebook for it. But, I mean, most of them, I would say, uh, are professional companies uh, that are uh, that definitely aware that Facebook is also a business uh, offering a great service here. And at some point, they also need to actually um, capitalize on, uh, on this. So, I mean, the most common reaction is actually that. That is uh, just fair. I mean, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be realistic. It will last forever. This thing not getting so much free attention. Mm, I can understand. When you when you talk about likes, shares, comments, do you tend to attribute values that are different from one to the other, or do you give them the same weighting? How do you work that? Just can you please re repeat that? Yeah, I was saying when you uh, have likes, comments, and shares, mm -hmm. do you tend to attribute uh, different values, or do you give them the same values uh, when mm. you're counting for engagement? In our, uh, we are using a metric um, uh, called the IPM score, uh, which I believe um, uh, Converse Social has, has developed. Um, and uh, it's a fairly simple uh, metric uh, counting, uh, not giving them different values. Uh, you can say there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why a comment should be more valuable than a like uh, on a post, for example. But again, we have been focusing on giving a really simple metric that is easy to understand and you can easily break down and have a, you know, a more um, 
you know, have a look at and see, okay, what is why is it actually developing a different direction? What happened? Uh, for most companies, if you make the metric too difficult, they will not be able to understand why the metric is developing as it is. And, you know, you can take decisions based on numbers that is actually uh, not really showing the truth. Um, so that is, that is, I mean, this is the difficult thing as, as we see it in making these metrics is that you, you obviously, it's nice for companies to quantify, quantify and make, you know, uh, numbers out of things. But again, it's also important that you actually understand the numbers. So what is Comfo's point of view with regard to uh, semantic analysis? We are um, actually... Uh, uh, today we have been releasing um, releasing a, a, a new addition to our platform where you go in and uh, make some um, some sentiment analysis of, of what uh, how the communications uh, the communication is on your on your in your fan communities. Uh, what we have been considering is whether we should make this automatic or manual, and had decided to actually release the the manual sentiment to begin with, as we have been seeing. Very few, not actually to say none, uh, very, very correct uh, and sentiment analysis of, uh, of communication out there. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I mean, we are really aware of, uh, of making things um, useful for the companies to begin with and, uh, and not making too many things automatic that will just give them a wrong impression of what, ex what is actually going on in their communities. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I, I like the way that you you, know, you think. Well, what's going to be beneficial for the company is you know simple numbers, uh, as best as possible, accurate numbers. Even if it might be cheaper to do an automatic, the problem is we see that there aren't many good systems that allow for proper analysis. I get that. Yeah, I get that exactly. completely. So, um, what? All right, let's go back to uh, when you're chatting with a CEO. What are the best arguments that you have uh, or, or found that work for? a higher or greater social media budget? Um, uh, it's definitely uh, where you bring the social media, um, you can say, efforts into the digital strategy where you, that, that you start getting attention. And if, you can, if you can argue for social media actually already today uh, contributing a lot to the digital outcome of, of what you're doing online, uh, most CEOs are actually not aware of uh, what is this thing going on on Facebook, which they are aware of is going on, but they are kind of thinking that it's going on in the silo, is actually affecting a lot uh, of the, the benchmarks they already have in their analytics today, and uh, they're already affecting a lot uh, their, their business if they just if they were just were tracking these things right. So, um, I mean, if you're talking to the CEO, one of the first things we always do is trying to make them, them measure uh, social media in the right way in their uh, analytics. And from there on, when they realize what the value actually is, it's much easier for us to start uh, optimizing things or argue for our systems actually organize or optimize what they do. Yeah, if you start with, you know, what are you trying to achieve, then, of course, it's going to be a lot easier to justify it afterwards. What, exactly. What, um, in Denmark or anywhere in Scandinavia, because I know that they're different, um, do you, can you tell us what would be an average... Um, investment in social media as a percentage of the marketing budget? Yeah, there was actually just a, a big um, report released uh, called Network Business 2013 about uh, social media uh, in, in Denmark and how it, the businesses are actually using it and what the expectations are. And also about investments, it showed that the area's investments is really, really uh, low. It's... Um, 
I think I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I think it was something like 60% that was using something like one to 2,000 pounds uh, a year on these things. So basically nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously there is maybe 5%, 10% uh, of the companies that are using budgets that is that is closer to uh, 100,000 pounds, right? Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's really low compared to uh, where I believe the US and also the UK uh, are today. Uh, we're really still expecting the, the big increases in the budgets to, to, to come uh, hopefully next year. So what I, what I understand from you is that you're still evangelizing a lot. One of your roles has to be that. Yeah, uh, we are. We are. It's definitely uh, 2012. Has definitely be a, a much better year for, for professional social media management in uh, in Scandinavia, and a lot of companies, a lot of especially the big ones, uh, Lego, uh, Carlsberg, so on, is doing some really amazing stuff. But there's a huge number of uh, companies that are very immature in the industry still. So I understand you're integrating uh, Twitter and uh, Google Plus into your into your system. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, we already have Twitter in our system and, and Google process coming uh, uh, fairly soon, yes. So uh, do you, from that, I, I understand that Google Plus is something you believe in? I believe in Google, I would say. Um, Google Plus is obviously their, their social layer, and it's definitely something that will uh, have something uh, to say in this industry at some point. If it's exactly in the format they, that it is now, I'm, I'm a bit in doubt about but, I mean, it's, it's just as much for us partnering up with Google and actually uh, getting close to their social teams, uh, understanding what they want to do. Um, that is important to us, uh, more important than, than Google Plus as it is today. Yeah, so would you describe it then as more interesting to get the Google profiles as opposed to the Google Plus? I would say that it's... Um, it is important for companies to try to understand how uh, Google's social layer is going to affect search results going forward. Already today, there are some small um, you know, uh, contributions to your search results by actually having a social layer or a social presence in Google. And that is, that is going to evolve, I'm pretty sure. In your opinion, do you think that Facebook marketing, search engine marketing, and, and basically digital marketing as a whole will become less equal or more expensive in 2013 than 2012? I will definitely become, um, I mean, you say expensive, yes, I will definitely become, there will be some bigger budgets transferred to this, this area, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure. Uh, if it's uh, considered expensive, it's, I guess it's a question of what the return. Uh, my, actually, <laughs> my, I understand, my question was more, will it become more expensive? So, so the cost per click... Uh, and and the cost to do a Facebook ad to get you know reach ten thousand people oh, yeah, will, will that will that be more expensive? Um, for uh, companies that is already today uh, very effective in uh, in uh, using newsfeed advertisement on Facebook, for example, I think they will see uh, prices increase in two thousand thirteen in order uh, in, in the at same time as a lot more companies will start using uh, this kind of advertisement. On the other hand, there's a lot of companies using. Uh, Facebook advertisement, for example, very ineffectively, and um, they will see a big <laughs> increase in their return on investment. Well, what, is, what are some of the ways to make it more effective then? It is definitely to understand, I mean, how important it actually is for your advertisement on Facebook to have an active community. I mean, the active community is, and, and the content that you create and the fans create is the whole fundament for actually having effective advertisement. And if you don't understand that and understand how to 
purchase the advertisement when you don't have the active community, then you don't have understand and, and don't you don't know how to actually have efficient advertisement on Facebook. Well, if you're lucky enough to be like Lego, you have this brilliant community, and, and mm. it seems very clear that the Lego uh, top management down through understand mm. the community. Carlsberg has a lot of humor, and that's great for social media. Yeah. What, are, what are the other examples that uh, that would be interesting for people to uh, go and check out? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of examples uh, when you also look out of the big the big global ones, and of course they're getting it there. Then uh, in, in 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 the Nordic languages, uh, but if you look at communities like uh, Unisport DK, for example, uh, they just yeah they're called slash Unisport DK on Facebook. I mean, they are awarded. They've been highly awarded in Denmark this year um, for making a huge uh, return on investment on their Facebook page. They are an, a football community um, in there, but basically they are a site selling uh, football shirts, football boots and so on and they are uh, having numbers saying 25% uh, I think it is of their revenues are coming uh, from facebook.com uh, and that is some high revenues they're having so uh, that is some of the cases where you really see people start working actively with a, with a very good community uh, management strategy that is that is also showing some huge revenue numbers at the end well, uh, all right, but for the large for the most part of the companies uh, they don't have uh, at the very least, they don't have a top management that gets the community. They may have a community, but they don't get it. Yeah. How do you see? How do you tr go about trying to convince them to improve that? I mean, again, I uh, I don't see any other way uh, that than connecting uh, what you're doing with your digital strategy and the conversion points you have in the digital strategy. Uh, Again, it varies from, from market to market, but what I'm experiencing is connecting it with uh, your digital marketing platform. If that is um, whatever you're using, if that is uh, Adobe Solutions or it's a Psycho or whatever it is, I mean, getting it into that digital marketing system and getting into your reporting on, on your business, uh, then they might not understand what is actually contributing, uh, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Specifically on Facebook, why is the community active? But then they will at least see that it's bringing some huge value. Uh, and that for their rich, uh, management, that will be enough. Uh, I mean, the most successful companies will always be the ones, in this area at least, where the, comp where the, where the management actually understands it and, and, and uh, understand why and how you're actually successful in social media. Yeah, but I, I also see a lot of top management at the head office who don't have uh, the good listening capabilities uh, which is the what's so critical in creating and, and and managing your community. So this is one of our challenges, I think, and a mutual challenge, Rasmus. Ness, don't you think? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's uh, sometimes it's a good wake-up call for management to actually uh, see how much uh, talk <laughs> there is actually is, uh, that there are around their their brand and their services and. Uh, Listening to this, uh, understand how to actually uh, answer these things effectively is uh, is definitely a thing that will make make a lot of yeah a lot of people in management uh, take this serious. All right, so Rasmus, what uh, you're a man in the know in digital. What are the kinds of sites or people that you listen to to be inspired and stay up with what's going on? I mean, obviously. Um, 
there are all the, the usual usual suspects that out there, uh, which we've heard a lot of times before, Mashable, uh, TechCrunch, etc. But where I where I really get some uh, some knowledge that I find really useful in my business, that is, uh, I mean, visiting the offices uh, of Facebook, uh, Google, and and these guys sitting there. I mean, is is some of the guys that is really driving uh, this uh, digital area uh, going forward, and trying to understand why they're doing as they are and, and getting some inside knowledge which they're not able to publish on their blogs is, uh, is some of the most valuable info for, for my uh, you know, decisions and how, how we are driving our company forward. Um, I mean, it is, uh, in that sense, I mean, going to find who's actually responsible for, for partner programs in, in, in Facebook, who's responsible for their, their product strategies, and then trying to follow these guys uh, on Twitter, on uh, on the public uh, profiles on Facebook, etc. Uh, um, it, it's it's a key for me. Do you have any particular names in, that you would like to sh- share with us? Yeah, I mean, if if, if um, it depends on what, where you are in the world, but uh, if you look at the if you look at from where we're sitting, uh, try and look at the guy like uh, like uh, Michael Lemberg. Um, it's uh, it's I mean in the Nordics is, is one of the most knowledgeable guys mm-hmm. in the Facebook area and uh, if you are interested in that area it will be very important to just get to to understand what why he's saying and what he's saying. All right, well I'll put that in the show notes. Rasmus, how can people uh, track you down, follow you, connect with you? I mean, um, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, comfo underscore dk. Um, and then on, on Facebook as well, of course, uh, it's, uh, it's Rasmus uh, Muller uh, uh, Nelson. Um, that is where I uh, where I publish my own stuff. But I mean, if you want to follow Comfo, it's on our Facebook page, of course, uh, slash Comfo. All right, brilliant. Rasmus, thanks for joining the show on this Monday morning. You can yeah, now no go on and have a normal activity. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. We'll be in touch. Yeah, we will. Bye. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes, and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset, or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails.
Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 